Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats official, official sponsor of the corner booth podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clinton, alongside my amazing co-host, Mr. Matt Ordazzo. Let's go. behind, above the screen. Um, <laughs> as usual, we are back for another Monday show, Monday football, of course, kicks off in about an hour from now. I'm actually getting excited. I'm actually going to watch that game. As long as open, lots of, come on, Vegas. I need a win. I've had the worst gambling week of all time. I mean, this this is the best primetime game that they have at least booked this whole season. Like, we don't have to, like, those, I think the next one coming up is the Commanders and the Bears. But then you get Eagles, uh, Cowboys for Sunday night next week. So I mean, yeah, but like we gotta go six or seven weeks into the season just to actually get a good game, which is fucking terrible. But then they did. I don't think they count on Russ being this fucking bad or Wentz being this fucking bad. Well, so, I, think um, we, I think we both could have told told you about Wentz was going to be this bad. I honestly, I'm not sure. So like, because that first week Wentz was dropping him in the bucket. And it wasn't even close. So, in my eyes, I'm like, you know, like, as much as we want to shit on Carson Wentz, dude was making good plays. I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, what's it What's it called? Carson Wentz is back again. 2017. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So. I mean, fantasy-wise, he's been putting up some. He's gotten out of the five weeks, he's given three amazing over 30 plus point games, and then he's had a couple of shitty games. I mean, real life, obviously, you're going to look at the record and see the one and four and be like, he's not the answer. But I thought it was kind of interesting. A reporter did ask Ron Rivera um, what, you know, the Giants and the Cowboys are four and one, the Eagles are five and oh. Like, why are you guys so far behind in your rebuild? And I believe he hinted at the quarterback being the issue, but didn't. He pretty much said, we have had as little of time with Carson Wentz compared to the rest of the division with their quarterbacks. But a very good rebuttal was Cooper Rush was cut by the Cowboys. 
and then was placed on their practice squad and now is their starting quarterback. So like he, he may have been on the team longer than Carson Wentz has with the commanders, but it's not like he's had a lot of spotlight in the quarterback position. So, I mean, they're pretty much, I just think the Eagles are just obviously a poorly run team from the ownership down to the general managers. So they just, they, they seem pretty content. Like, I don't know. They just like that Kirk cousin effect, man. Let's not get more than like seven wins and we'll call it a successful year. You say the Eagles are that? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic or just trying to poke fun at me or what. But what? Oh, because you said the Eagles are a content organization. No. Oh, did I say Eagles? I'm sorry. I meant the Commanders. I think I just uh, was thinking about the Eagles because of Carson Wentz. Yeah. No, it's all. I mean, like, look at. I look at it like this. Like, it's. It's hard to justify not shitting on Carson Wentz. Look at fucking Ron Rivera today. Reporter asked him. What's what's the difference between you guys and the Cowboys, Giants at three one, the Eagles at five or four one, the Eagles, the Eagles at five five and zero? Oh. And he goes, quarterback. Next question, and I'm like, <laughs> so like, dude, like that's like just an indictment on Wentz right there. Like, that's, that's just I, I think, tough, man. I think, you know, it's very unfortunate that. Um, what was the commanders or the whatever you want to call them's head coach from a couple of years ago? And that was it, Jay Gruden or John Gruden? Yeah, yeah. If he didn't, I think Alex Smith was probably the best quarterback that Ron Rivera has had. I know Cam Newton was a freak in his early years, but I think if you had a prime Alex Smith, I think a lot more could have gotten done because I just, I just think he was just a better quarterback overall, minus just the durability or the um the the um mobility. I meant, but. I feel like Ron Rivera is like Alex Smith is the best quarterback he's at least had in the last five, six years. And if it wasn't for Jay Gruden absolutely ruining him, maybe he still could have been the quarterback for the commanders. Maybe because he was getting them nine, 10 wins. He was actually getting them over that 500 home. So if only he just never got hurt, I think maybe the commanders could have been in in more of a um, competitive play this year, but they got Carson Wentz. So I guess they're going to be happy with five wins. Yeah. It's kind of like, at this point, how do you uh, how do you justify like the sign? It's like listen, there was like a, bu- a bunch of other options in the market, but the commander's like, oh, Wentz is gonna be it. He'll stick to his team. It'll be a great headline. Yeah. It just summarizes Washington in a nutshell. Um, yeah, but I think he's deserved to have the spotlight on him in a negative way because you look at that team. I'm like, they're I know they're missing Chase Young, but they have a hard hitting defense. They've got – I know he's injured. He's just got back. But they've got Antonio Gibson with Brian Robinson now. They've got McLaurin, Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Logan Thomas is not a bad tight end when he's healthy. There's really not – there's not a lot of room for excuses as to why this team didn't win some games that they lost. So they should at least be two and three or maybe maybe three and two if they – you know, play perfectly, but they should have more than one win. And you got to look at the quarterback if they're not getting it done because they don't have a bad roster. It's not like, it's not like he's got a team like Sam Darnold did in like 2019 or 2020 when it was Braxton Berrios, Chris Hogan, and this guy, some guy named Jeff Smith was the, was the receivers. So, and he had no tight end, but there's really not a lot of excuse in my opinion for Carson Wentz. Yeah, no, I, I, We'll, we'll end it with this in the Commanders because, of course, obviously they lost yesterday to the Titans. But um, it's just there had to be one bad team, and now we know. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think anybody's going to complain either. Yeah, no. I, I think at this point, everyone's looking at this like, all right. <clears throat> Everyone thought maybe the Giants would be kind of like around them. It's like, no, the Giants actually have their shit together so far. Mm-hmm. I want to see them play a legitimate team because I don't I don't consider the Packers legitimate yet. And I think like, it's what, the most what legitimate doing? team that they played. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the Giants, I give, them the, I give them the credit because I think they got the – the right coach and I think they got the right general manager in place for that team for the long run. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I think if this was the off season, I would extend Saquon and I go out and either draft a quarterback or go try and get Lamar Jackson or something. But despite being four and one and them impressively coming back and beating the Packers, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer long-term. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm literally trying to finish up this list right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have nine and 10 and an honorable mention left. That's it. Well, I was going to say it's it's actually really refreshing being, being able to enjoy these Victory Mondays with you. This is our third one. Fuck yes. Three straight, baby. <laughs> J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I, listen, I, I love rooting for the Jets, man. It's fun as fuck. Because y'all are scrappy. Bob Salas is the shit. Even I wanted to deck him after one of your linebackers tried to take Hurts' head off um, during preseason. Like, rooting for the Jets is fun as fuck. Besides my Eagles, man, like they're they're becoming like that AFC team I pull for. One because they're just the bane. I love watching Giants fans think they're superior. It's like, bro, if it wasn't for Eli's dumbass, y'all would have just as many Super Bowls as them. Yeah, I, you know, the whole the whole, you know, the same. It's so Giants fans are like Yankee fans because usually if you're a Yankee fan, you're a Giant fan. If you're a Jet fan, you're a Met fan. So sometimes talking to some of the giant fans, I realize how annoying the Yankee fans are because they throw the four Super Bowls in our face. And I'm like, congratulations. You have right, four, four. We have two one. Two Super Bowls if, if it wasn't for Eli Manning's dumbass. Yeah. You have four. We have one. I get it. Yours are more recent. They're also over 10 years ago. Let's talk about now, not in the past. And then that goes back to the Yankee fans because that's all we do. But – like I said, I think the Giants are in a great spot this year, um, and I'm excited for my team. I, I honestly, if you if you went back and you looked at the schedule for the first five or six games of the season, and you were like, you're not going to have Zach Wilson for the first three games, you would think we probably were going to be 0-3. I would not have thought that we would be 3-2 and right now. This feels amazing. I have We have not had a above 500 record, I think, since like 2015. We've always started the year off 0-4, and, and then we finally won a game. So it's refreshing for guys like Brady Quinn to be like the Jets are going to go 0-9 to start the season and for us to be 3-2. and So it feels amazing. And the good thing about it is we're 3-2 and now, and the last eight games of the season is when it gets easier for us. So if we can pile out – you know, another another win or two and be like five and five or or whatever it would be. The last yeah. eight games being the easiest ones of the season for us would make things a whole lot better for any sort of contention. But I will say just to to end that rant quick, it was very refreshing to look at the standings and see the Jets are in second place. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And the Patriots are last, which is crazy. Not surprising, but crazy. You know what's so funny? I have only one tie this entire thing. And it's because it's because I, I looked, I me and my buddy used to do this top ten shit. Oh, by the way, today's top ten theme is top ten TV shows. Um me and my buddy from college did this on his radio show every week. 
So I had a list, but it's so crazy how things have changed. One of the series in my top 10 is an album mention. I have not watched. I never finished, but the first six seasons are so great. I did not care, but I had to go back and watch the ending clips because it got so dark towards the end. I couldn't watch it without losing my damn mind. So, yeah, I got my uh, my top three or my top. I gotta look at the list. I think my top three are pretty much ones I just binge now. That's how I know they're top three because I could watch an episode of any one of these shows and just be perfectly content with it, even though I've seen it twenty times. I left out so many good ones. I left out Rick and Morty, The Office, um, Community, Vikings, New Girl. All these shows I watch. I've watched Clone Wars. All these shows I've watched all the time. Even I love Rings of Power. Okay. I'm one of those Lord of the Rings fans who literally you could spew out garbage to me and I'd still mm-hmm. suck it up because I love the whole lore of to- the Tolkien verse. And honestly, the series has gotten amazing since episode two. I will defend that to my death, but it, it's, it, I just, I love it. I love that. Like, I love that. Like, this is such a hard, like the bar foods. I tinkered a lot and kept messing with shit. The, what was the first top 10 we did? Was that, was that bar foods? No, no video, video games was easy. Oh, video, video games were knocked down 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. That was easy. Yeah, video it was so easy. I knew my top five were before we even started. So, all right. Did so, you include a uh, Little House on the Prairie, or you weren't into that? Nah. The only one I left out that I loved, but it was like my guilty pleasure, was um, Invincible from Amazon Prime and Transformers War for Cybertron. Because I grew up loving um, Transformers. That was like a no-brainer for me. But... All right, let's get rock and rolling here. Last night's game was forgettable. Except Justin Tucker is the baddest closer. The best closer in sports last night wasn't even in fucking baseball. It was Justin Tucker doing this after he just put a shot a shotgun shell through Cincinnati Bengals fans' hearts. Dude's got ice. I love JT, man. He is just a beast. And it I, makes me, I love watching him just kill the vibe of their, their fans. It was hilarious. I've said it before and I will say it on a live recording. Justin Tucker, in my opinion, is the best kicker the NFL Thank has you. ever had. History. The I'm best talking kicker history. in football. All time to me. He's, I don't care about listen, I, I get it. The golden pony had so many, but that's because of Brady and Belichick getting him there. Listen, all of it's about opportunity, man. It's not his fault that like Harbaugh can't close out a, a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs post Joe Flacco. Listen, it, Justin it, Tucker is the most accurate kicker in the NFL in history. Dude is a damn playing. machine. And he's it, it's, it's not even 30s. fair. No, he's like in his early 30s, and he already has the record as the most accurate kicker ever. And he still can play another like eight years. You know, it's not it's not fair at all to opposing teams who got a plan. Like, ask the Lions last year, who had them beaten. He hits a 65-yarder, 64-yarder. Dude, to, dude to this guy – he has the leg to kick 75 yards if he wants to. He, there's him. I always reach for him in fantasy because he's just, in my opinion, the best kicker ever. But there is not one like him. There won't probably be another one like him for a long time. He the closest is the thing we might have right now is we got uh, Zach McMoney. That's about it. <laughs> Ironically, they played each other that night. I don't know. This game was yeah. forgettable for multiple reasons. The offense kind of felt a little off. On yeah. both sides, 
Everything looks sluggish. I was expecting higher scoring. Yeah, I was too. I was expecting like a 35. What is with these NFC North, a- a- NFC, AFC North teams, man? They're just – the AFC North we thought was going to be one of the best divisions in football. And they look honestly like shit. The, Bra- the, like, yeah. the Browns had a chip shot field goal to call this a call it a night and call ball game because Brandon Staley may be one of the dumbest human beings on the planet. We'll talk about that later, obviously. And then, you know, the Steelers got basically railroaded by the freaking Bills. Like, that game wasn't close. That game was close for all 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, none of the stats that I'm going to read off to you represent anything that either team is. Like, Joe Burrow was 24 for 35. Accuracy's there. That's normal. 217 yards is a low for him, and he had a touchdown to interception, which, you know, it's hit or miss if he's going to have four touchdowns and no interceptions or vice versa, but... He didn't have the yards he usually throws. He had the accuracy. But then you look at Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 50 yards. This man usually easily can get you 100-plus a game. Um, T. Higgins was out. Tyler Boyd only had 32 yards. Um, Hayden Hurst had a big game, six catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. But then you look at the yeah, Ravens. I didn't start him. Waller better go fucking off tonight. Even even Lamar, I mean, 19 for 32, he's got a 50-something percent completion percentage, only had 174 yards passing, had an interception and a touchdown. He had 58 rushing yards, didn't have a touchdown rushing at all. Um, I mean, you know, Mark Andrews had 89 receiving yards and a touchdown. Duvernay had 54 yards. Um, and then everybody else literally down the list all had one catch. And it's, it's not what I expected. I expected a – a game where the winner was going to score 30-something points, honestly. And I thought it was going to be the Bengals. I thought it was going to be just a gun show. But low-scoring win for the Ravens. That division is up for grabs. It is not impressive. And I I don't know. I thought it was going to be the Bengals by a mile. And it looks like the, the Ravens could be flirting with number one. They are number one, but they look like they could be flirting with it for the whole season. Got to throw some love to that, Bengals, that, uh, that Ravens defense, man. Like, holy oh, hell. Yeah. This like, is the defense I thought was top be to bottom. Player. They looked like the Ravens defense game. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I, I, like, I thought it was gonna be a high scoring game. Like, honestly, I'm they, very impressed. Like, I am like, I'm like, yo, hats off, hats off to the freaking Ravens, man. Like, that was a hell of a performance. Bengals fans, man, y'all gotta figure your shit out. Like, yeah. your defense played well because I also think I don't think Lamar is a, a top 10 quarterback anymore. I think he's, if he is, he's no. 10. I think um, he, I think he has the. He's not. It's not like he's washed or anything. Obviously, he was no, just. No, it's just the problem is the NFL ago, is changing again. Like the mobile quarterback yeah. thing is only working. Defenses are too fast. Well, the NFL is changing, and I mean, if you look at the front office, I mean, I know they're three and two, but they gave up like half their offense away. Like the offensive line is half there. They gave, they let Marquise Brown just leave, and they. I mean, I thought they jumped like the gun Uber on firing. Bateman, it's not a good offense. No. I thought no. they jumped the gun on when they fired their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who went to the Giants. I thought that was a uh, a little bit of a a jump, but give it to them. They're three and two, and they just shut out the Bengals, nineteen to seventeen. Um, not an impressive game, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, a win is a win, no matter how you get it. And I mean, they're right now they're fighting for first place right now. They're in sole possession. The, the Kenny Pickett looked fucking terrible. We all know Joey Brissett is just as good as the first five, six games of the season. He can't give you a whole year, but yeah. So, all right. You ready to talk before we do two, one sentence game? Ready to talk about baseball? Oh, man. I'm always ready. First of Four all, Mets. F the Mets. The dead to me. God bless the Padres. 
I am so mad. I had a parlay rolling. Matt was witness to my insanity. I yeah, think you were close. I was three of three on those money lines. I had a crazy comeback with the Phillies. I was rolling and the fucking Mets on Friday night, man. I was so fucking mad. So for and yesterday and Saturday, crazy. yesterday and Saturday, I was like, yo, fuck the Mets. Go Padres. Rail them. Put them through the freaking ringer. Let's call this a day. And they did. God bless them. I'm happy as hell. F the Mets. They deserve all the misery in the world right now. They destroyed my parlay right there. That just got my weekend off started like shit for gambling. I I feel for the Mets because this is a team that has been just atrocious since that 2015 season when they almost won the World Series. They lost to the Royals. They finally get – I mean, I guess the, the general manager is still unknown. He's only been the general manager for like half the year or whatever it was. But Buck Showalter is the guy. Steve Cohen is the guy. And that team was amazing. Like they doubled, they they upped their win total from last year by I think it was like twenty four games. They got one hundred and one wins on the season. They at the end of the day they screwed themselves. They should have they should have had that division. They let it slide in front of them. They had an opportunity to win a game or two against Atlanta and take sole possession, get that first round by, have an easy series against the Phillies. They choked. They had to go to the wild card. The Padres is a tough team. The Padres scare me more than the Phillies. And they fell flat from what I heard from people that went to the game. Once that, once the um, the Padres hit a single, I think like second or third inning, it scored two runs. The stadium just got dead. It's like as if they just collapsed. And they One of my friends, she took her father and like the whole family that went for that game, and they said it was just. It just after that, it was just. I would. I would honestly. I was. I was expecting to go on Twitter and see riots. Just because I, I just the Mets fans are just their passionate fan base, and they don't always get this kind of victory all the time. So I felt like once they finally finally got it, if anything went wrong, there'd be some uh, some things going on in the streets, some uh, some uh, Super Bowl Philly type brawls going on. But um, I guess they didn't. But I feel for them. But at the end of the day, man, you had that chance to control your destiny, and you let it slip away, and. You just you just fell flat. I know there's oh there's some controversy though with uh, Joe Musgrove's ear. Apparently he had some. Uh, if you saw his ear, it looked like a fucking glazed donut. I, you know what? There. Somebody was telling me it, it, I was I was a pitcher was talking about this, and I heard this from a buddy of mine to go check this interview out. They're saying it's like some jalapeno like heat shit to keep your ears locked, keep you locked in. Be, like it's like a heat kind of thing. It's almost like Tiger Bomb, yeah. where it's like not really sticky. It's kind of just like. It's to kind of keep you awake, like how soldiers put like hot sauce in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I, I, I honestly, I like. I don't think Musgrove would have done it. I think he was just, he was blown by the. It wouldn't have mattered if he had one less RPM spin out. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. He was well, blasting him by him. I think the reason why he's getting up. That like you want the honest guy opinion. He, he was just throwing harder. Yeah, but I think and he's that is not affected attention. by. Grip, honestly, I feel like it can throw it off more. Like, he was just blowing gas by him. Well, I think he's getting a lot of attention on him, too, because he was a part of that Astros team in 2017. So I think I think people are looking at him like, are, are, are you doing this again? But I know he also is on record for saying he wants to win a ring the right way. So, you know, then again, it makes you think maybe he wasn't trying to do anything intentionally wrong. But, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the Mets scored one run. You're not going to beat the Padres with one run. They let seven up. Scherzer had a terrible game. So now they got to just start from the beginning now. But now we've got a Yankees and Guardians series. We've got a Braves Phillies. We got an Astros 
Mariners. Um, we have a Dodgers Padres. How about the American League? The uh, the Mariners and the Guardians beating the Blue Jays and the Rays. Didn't think that both of them would advance. I thought that the uh, Rays would have beaten the Guardians, and I think the, I thought the Mariners could have beaten the Blue Jays. So I'm not surprised about that. But two two underdogs taking like those are two tough. That was a 92 and a 90 win team that they beat. So two underdogs advancing. So as a Yankee fan, I'm happy. It's to me, it's easier to play the Guardians than the Rays. But we'll see. I don't want to jump the. Gun. I really hope you don't live to eat those words. <clears throat> I listen. I if you gun to my head, if you said who would you rather play, Guardians or Rays, I'd pick the Guardians. I think it's an easier series, but I don't think it's guaranteed. The only the only series I will ever tell you bet your entire life savings on the Yankees is if they play the Twins because the Twins cannot beat the Yankees, especially in the postseason. But the Twins have been owned by the Yankees since I was in elementary school. Yeah, we're going back twenty years. It what's that? What's that line? It's for real estate. It's for real estate. Like it's just yeah. go for it. All right. So, yeah. We're ready yeah. to pick these. Uh, and the other wild card series, it was kind of just. It was. Eh. I love seeing the Mariners advance. That was fun as hell. Yeah. Guardians won on back to back low scoring games. Just played good, good fundamental baseball by both teams. They didn't do. They weren't flashy, but they did enough just to win the game. They played better baseball. Played. Uh, wow. Played smarter baseball. I agree with that. All righty. Ready to pick some series? Let's go. All righty. We're going to start off with the NLDS. All right. So, first off, Podge, Dre's, Doyes. Is it a five? Best of five or is it a best of seven? Best of five. Best of five. Give me Dodgers. I think like that kind of helps the Padres, actually. Yeah. I mean, I just. I think the Dodgers. I would love are to see the Padres it. knock them out, but I just don't see it happen. I'll go first. It's, I don't. I don't either. I think it's going to be Dodgers and four. They're um, Satan's team. They're literally sent from like the baseball devil to kill the sport. Um, F the Dodgers, obviously, but I think they're going to win this game. I think it's Dodgers series. and four, and, and I will say that I don't think any and National League team is going to beat the Braves. I don't care if the Dodgers have 107 wins. I think the Braves. I think, will do. You want my honest to God favorite? Want my, my honest to God opinion? I think whoever wins that uh, Phillies Brave series is going to be the Dodgers. I seriously think that, yeah. like it, the Phillies, because the Phillies are dangerous because they're just the, they're the they're the momentum team. They're the they, most like the Cardinals should have raked them through the coals, and they weren't even close. They're the most scrappiest team left in this playoff series. And I know the Mariners are there, but they've they're got, scrappy. They've got gritty dudes, and then they've got guys who can hit the long ball. They've got mm-hmm. a good enough bullpen. They've got a good enough starting rotation. Nola's been on fire. Since what, like mid September? So, mm-hmm. honestly, if I everyone's like, "What team are you rooting for?" I'm like, for the series, I'm like, "Well, it'd be cool to watch the Yankees win for my buddies." I love seeing. I would love to see the Mariners do some damage because I love watching them play. But dude, the Phillies would be fucking awesome because if because Philadelphia would be fucking ro- rolling just in time. No, for the imagine. I mean, but you think about it, the Philadelphia sports you got the Eagles that are five and zero. Imagine the Phillies get to the World Series, and then you already got the 76ers that you know are going to be a good team. I mean, you can't rely on the Flyers, but at least well, you know at least the Phillies in my area, uh, at least the Phillies have a chance to go to the NLCS. But they got to get past. At least they're familiar with the Braves. I will yeah. say they have the advantage over anybody else. All right, we'll move to that one. Uh, Phillies Braves. I think it's Braves in five, but yeah. it's going to come down to the last <laughs> game. I think the Phillies are going to make this hurt. And it's going to slow them down. Like the Dodgers might take the first two, of the NLCS here. Yeah. But 
against the Braves, but I think the Braves are just a, sl- a, a they're just a better team, man. Yeah, top I to agree. bottom, that lineup is fucking terrifying, and they pitch well. Yeah. If the um if the Braves are going up against any other team besides the Phillies, like if it was like a Padres Braves series, um, I would say Braves in four or something like that. But because this is a divisional series, the teams are very familiar with each other. I'm gonna agree with you and say that I do believe the Braves will win, but I'll, I'm gonna give it the full five games. Nice. Um, the only non-divisional series because every other one is like NL West versus NL West, AL West versus AL West, and NL East versus NL East. It's the only non, um. If the Rays won, this would have been AL East versus AL East, which would have been hysterical. Um, Yankees Guardians, I'm gonna make the short and sweet. I think the Yankees may sweep them. The problem is the Guardians, the Guardians took advantage of the fact that the Rays are one of the worst road teams in baseball. I think the Rays had a had a similar road record to the Diamondbacks, which is fucking terrifying. Um yeah. the Guardians are a great team, but the Yankees, if they can just get some balls out, they can get some balls in play and actually start making contact. If the Guardians can like actually pitch well and like get after the Yankees a little bit, it's going to be a closer series. But if the Yankees get the bats moving, it's it's just, it's just not fair. Yeah, <clears throat> I um I agree. I think so. I'm not I'm not going to be in four. If I'm if I'm a betting man, yeah, I'll say yeah, I'll say Yankees in four. So I give I give Yankees the advantage over everything. I give I think they got the better offense compared to the Guardians. I think they have the better pitching staff compared to the Guardians. I think the manager for the Guardians is better than the Yankee manager. I think Francona is a better manager than Boone, but that's the only advantage I'm going to give the Guardians over the Yankees in this series. I'm not going to say it's a shutout because the Guardians are a tough, scrappy team that are going to fight till the end, but I'm going to give the Yankees this series in four. I think they take the first two at home. I think the Guardians take one at home, and I think we just finish it off in game four. All right. Give me the Mariners in five over the Astros. I think this Mariners team is scary because they're young. They don't give a fuck. They can pitch. They don't get, as we clearly saw in the game against Toronto, they don't get rattled when they're down. And what's the scariest thing about them is that the Astros have been kind of like, they won a lot of games, but it's like, they were kind of like the most least impressive number one seed I've ever seen. Like, you're like, oh yeah, the Astros won. It's because, Besides the Mariners, the rest of the fucking division was terrible, man. Like that yeah, division no, was, was fucking awful. I was so, gonna say, I know I forgot who the fourth team was, but or the fourth or fifth team was, but I know it was Astros, Mariners, and Oakland. I forgot who the other teams were in that division. Angels. Yeah, they got a, a horrendous division. So yeah, I, I, um, so put them in the um, put them in like the AL Central, and they're looking at about nine yeah. two wins. Nine, I'm gonna give. I'm going to agree with you, but say that the Astros are going to win in five. Um, as the, I, This might come as a shock, but I think I'm actually more afraid of the Mariners than I am of the Astros. We could not beat the the Mariners in August and September. We couldn't. Luis Castillo owned us. Julio Rodriguez owned us. We could not score for the life of us against them. I don't want to repeat of that. Also, as a Yankee fan, I want 2017 and 2019 uh. and 2020 revenge on the Astros for taking judges – MVP and rookie of the year and and or MVP in 2017. I want revenge on all of them. I actually feel a little more confident playing the Astros than the Mariners, believe it or not. So give me the Astros in five, but the bias in me for being a Yankee fan, I just it it's just not gonna be as sweet if we can't take the ALCS against the Astros. Yeah, no, I got you. 
All righty. So with that in mind, we'll talk obviously more baseball next week and also on Thursday because playoff baseball is fun as shit. Uh, it was oh, as much crazy. as baseball pisses me the fuck off. And it sucks. My team has made the playoffs since I was a, a first year out of college. I still love watching playoff baseball. It's just electric. Um, Everyone's ready for it. You know, it's it's brought to you by the amazing f- folks here at Hannadips.com. Promo code BLAV20 for 20% off. I'm currently holding and using the Arnold Palmer flavor, the Palmy. Love it. It was great on the course on Friday uh, and Saturday when I shot like hell, but hell, at least I had fun. Um, official sponsor of Delia Sports and the Corner with Podcast. And official sponsor of the One Sentence Game for week five. Kicking off Broncos, uh, Broncos, Colts. Holy shit, this was torture. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. We're talking off about this game. Russell's yeah. fucking terrible. We we predicted that it was going to be a shit show, and that's what it was. And uh, Nathaniel Hackett has proven to be the worst rookie head coach of 2022. Yes. Um. Giants pack. The Giants are the Giants are a legitimate team. But holy fuck, Aaron and Lafleur, you guys fell asleep in London, man. They should have yeah. kicked them. Like it was one of those games where I hate to uh, like the Giants won just as much as the Packers lost. Like the Packers just gate started like, the play calling towards the end was the Packers was fucking terrible. So I will agree. I think that you got to give the Giants respect. I mean, we all were calling for. You know, five, six wins on the season. We're beginning of the year now. We're at five games. We're, you know, week six right now, and they've already got four wins. Um, so give them the credit that they're due. Green Bay, to me, was the most legit team that they've played this entire year, and they beat them. They came back from double digit deficits and they beat them. Daniel Jones had 217 passing yards. There was 23 rushes between two individual players on the uh, Giants, and that was Saquon and Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones was responsible for 10 of those 23 rushes. He had 37 yards as well. Saquon had 13 yard rushes for a 70 yards and touchdown. Credit to the Giants. Packers are looking like a slow demise, and I'm pretty sure the Vikings have that division right now. <clears throat> Still give me the Lions long term, brother. Oh man, I can't believe that one. We'll get to I that. I was one. so fucking mad. Leave it to Bill to just piss me off on a Sunday. Um, speaking of the Bills, holy shit! Talk about beating a dead body. What the hell? Did Mike Tomlin do to um, to Sean McDermott? That was just ugly. First of all, Gabe Davis was running like a gazelle down that freaking center of that field. Those seam routes were hysterical. Two, like the the Bills defense was literally trying to impose their will on Kenny Pickett the entire game, and it was getting really funny. Also, you know what's funny? I yeah. will pay money to see what the hell AJ Espinosa said to that ref. I will pay money for somebody to find out what the fuck he said to him. I don't know what it is, though, with these teams not using their guys. Like, we just talked Saquon Barkley only had 13 carries. Najee Harris had 11. Why are these guys not getting 20? These guys are making millions of dollars. They're young. They should be carrying the ball. They're starting to talk about Najee Harris, like, becoming less and less of a factor on the offense. And I was like, yo, that's scary for a lot of people who took him in the first and second round. Yeah, because, dude, 11 carries for 20 yards was his stat line, and he had three receptions for 16 yards. He had no Bro, touchdowns. Like, I played against him this week. I, I I wanted to text my boy, like, yo, you good? <laughs> like, Because I kicked to that. Points. I'm up by 40, and I got Waller and Carlson to play right now. 
So, so credit to Kenny Pickett too, because if you look at his stats, 34 of 52 is is very good for especially for a guy that just made a second career start. So he completed 34 of 52 passes and he threw for 327 yards against that Buffalo Bills defense. He Kenny Pickett did have a pick, you know, Kenny one pick Pickett right there after he threw three last week, but. I mean, I'll give the rookie the credit for the fact that he had a really good completion percentage and he threw over 320 yards against the Bills, but didn't have much help besides that. George Pickens is starting to emerge, six receptions, 83 yards. Um, he enjoys Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool as well, but this we all knew this wasn't the year of the Steelers, so this is surprising to me. Yeah. All righty. Chargers, Browns. What the sweet fuck is Brandon Staley's problem? I think he was getting paid to lose that game. <clears throat> but listen, Austin Eckler's back, and that's all that matters. Wow. That's all I have to say in this game. 16 all carries, 173 yards. That is an amazing stat for Austin Eckler. So he had 173 rushing yards, and then he adds 26 receiving yards on top of that. So he had, he had almost 200 yards combined for himself. I know. Justin Herbert. Eh, That's my dog, bro. Austin Eckler, my first round pick this year. The Browns are the Browns. Jacoby Brissett, 21 to 34, 231 touchdown, one interception. Nick Chubb had an amazing game, 134 yards on two touchdowns. Um, Kareem Hunt had 47 yards and a touchdown and three catches for 10 yards. So, I don't know. Maybe they're two and three. Maybe if they can be six and six and fucking Deshaun comes back. I don't know. I just don't – I really don't understand how you go about this because with the Browns, I'm like, okay. First of all, the Chargers should be freaking panicking. They should have beaten the barn doors off of the Browns. The Browns mm-hmm. have a great roster, but the problem is their game plan was terrible, and they still almost won with Jacoby Brissett. It, it, what bewilders me is the Chargers were like a Super Bowl favorite. Like Eckler played his ass off, but the rest of that offense looked inept. And now, you, oh my God, I do. The Chargers are just like, the, the Chargers. All right. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm waiting for the Chargers to just have that season where they just break out and they would get on like a five or six game winning streak. But like every year, they seem to get better. But every year, they just three and two, four and two you know, six and three, like they can never break away from just being a, an elite record kind of team. Like the chiefs, that'll be like 10 and two. I'm just, I feel like we're never seeing that. Yeah. I, uh, the Vikings though. Oh I think that's great, great transition. Oh my God. The Viking, like, all right. Leave it to the Vikings to be the only team to make the Bears' offense look semi-efficient. <laughs> yeah, they only won by they only won by seven points. They're four and one though. I don't fucking remember. They're this. the Holy worst. Shit. Okay, can we just say this right now? I will say this for the masses: the worst four and one team in football is the Minnesota Vikings. I would take the New York Giants over them right now and the Dallas Cowgirls for three reasons. One. I trust their coaching staff better. Two, I trust both NFC East teams' defense more. And three, they didn't win game off bullshit. Win games off bullshit. First of all, 
The Vikings won loss. They got their heads kicked in. <laughs> that, that game was not as close as it, it looked on the scoreboard. Two. Two. Their wins. Okay, against the the one against the Lions, it was like, all right. Like, that game could, get, went down to just, like, KJ Osborne being fast as hell. That ball's a foot behind him. We're not even talking. Like, we're talking about the Lions being 2-2 two and two or 3-2. Three and two. Uh, three and two rolling into week six. And on top of that, just like, I think who they beat week one? Oh, the Vikings? Oh, yeah. it was the Packers. Yeah. The Packers always play like shit week one. It's like a, a it's oh, like yeah. a yearly tradition, like death taxes and like somebody making an ass of themselves at the Oscars. It, it's going to happen every year. The Packers will be shit week one. It's the safest like suicide pool bet of all time. But, what pisses me the hell off about this is they're four and one, and I'm looking at the pe- the. So while well, I'm I'm looking up their schedule, please say your say your sentence because I've got a point to make here. No, I'm gonna say like I think like I agree with you. I think the Vikings are a fake four and one team. Um, I don't think the defense is really there for them, which I thought it would be. Um, Kirk Cousins, you're never gonna get. You're never gonna hear me say the words Kirk Cousins is a believer of me. I I don't I don't think I don't believe in him. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's mid. I think he's overpaid as hell. And kudos to the Bears for making this a close game, but. I mean, the Bears are issue, I think, is they're not even using Darnell Mooney. He's got two receptions for 52 yards. They threw it to the running back four times. I just dropped him most... fantasy. Dropped him from Brian Robinson. Didn't even he question. Was, yeah, he was supposed to be, like, the next big thing for them. Like, they're not even using him. I don't I don't know what he's going to be of, but Justin Jefferson's back. 12 catches for 154 yards. Um, they still continue not to use Adam Thielen, which blows my mind. K.J. Osborne is fantastic. Um but I mean, the end of the day, Vikings right now are getting easy wins. Like you said, the Packers never play good week one. They fucking just beat the Bears. Like these are games that they should win. But here's what's fucking hilarious. Okay, next week they play the Dolphins, right? I mm-hmm. don't think two is playing. I don't, I don't think know if Teddy's um, playing. I don't know if Teddy's playing either. That's a win. Then they play the Cardinals. That might be a win. That's right around the time Call of Duty comes out, so we may early access. So Kyler Murray might not be focusing. Um, also it's Halloween, so that, that's a weird I don't know. That, that that's a 50-50. Then they play the Commanders. So there's a possibility they go three and they start off the season seven and one. But then they get the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys with Dak back, Patriots in prime time on, on uh Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving night. Then they get your Jets who have been red hot. Then they get the Lions for a revenge game. The Colts is probably a win. Then they get the Giants. Then the Packers for a revenge game, then the Bears. There's a very realistic chance the Vikings finish the season 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. I seriously think 10 and 7. That is my honest to God record prediction right now, as we stand. And like, I, is I, the worst. This... They're, they're, they are the seventh seed in the wild card. They'll probably play Philadelphia or uh, I don't know who the hell is winning the, the West. San Fran? They'll probably play San Fran for first round. Yeah, I think. Um... I think sadly, I think ten and seven is going to be enough. It's going to be enough for them to win that division at this as it currently stands because the I Packers are not looking the Packers, good. The Packers, I think, one of the Packers' hardest games they have left in the season. They have the Cowboys and then they have Philly. That's it. I think. Oh, They're that is true. So you're looking at. Uh, from what I remember, the Packers' schedule is not that hard going forward. No, no they, they, oh, have... no, they get, okay. So Packers get Commanders. No, they get the Jets next week. 
Um, then they get the Bills. No, they get the Commanders and the Bills. Lions, Cowboys, Titans. Oh, my God. No, they're screwed. Um, then the Packers and the Ra- No, then the Bears and the Rams and the Dolphins, Vikings, Packers. So the, pa- um, the Packers... I don't know. Yo, you might be right. Like, it may be 10 and 7, 10 and 7 coming down to the last week of the season. Like, yeah. that may legit happen. So, you know, I think they got guaranteed two losses left on that schedule. It makes them a four loss team. I, I but... think, honestly, Philly and Philly and Bolt, I think three Philly, Buffalo, and Dallas are three yeah, possible so losses. They could be 12 and 5, which is they what could... we predicted them to be. I, I, they also could lose a bullshit game. They always lose one game to Detroit every oh, man. Maybe they can lose a bullshit game to us next week. I listen, y'all are playing hot. And if you guys run the ball like you did, and Zach Mills, Zach Milson, <laughs> I, I literally not even thinking said Milson. Zach Milson <laughs> plays like he did. Oh my God. All right. We got to move on. We talked too much about a fucking cheesehead team. All yeah. right. Lions, Pace, Panther, Patriots, whatever the fuck they are. I want to spend 30 seconds on this game because this game pissed me the fuck off. Dan Campbell, what the fuck? Fire Aaron Glenn and tell whoever the hell you're has who's calling plays to get his shit together. That is all I've got in this game. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I don't know what the hell happened. This was like the number one offense in the league, and they put up zero points on the Patriots. Fucking Bailey Zapp, 17 for 21, 188 yards, touchdown interception. Ramondre Stevenson on 161 rushing yards. The Lions did absolutely dog shit. Um, Jared Goff had 229 yards and an interception. Nobody rushed for over 56 yards on that team. The highest amount of receiving yards was from Josh Reynolds with 92. It was a terrible offensive game for the Lions. The Patriots looked like they were elite because they shut out the Lions, but there's there's an issues in Detroit. They're one and four. We all thought they were going to be hot off the gate, and I don't know what this is going to look like for them. But this is the most disappointing one and four team that we've got this year. This is a team that should be probably three and two right now. They get the Cowboys next week. Oh no, no, no I'm sorry. Five. They have a bye. They get the Cowboys. They have a bye. So thank God. Yeah. They do get the Cowboys after an emotional game against Philadelphia. Unless Damn, Philadelphia God. kicks their teeth in, I think the Lions have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll give them I'll I'll always give then the Lions get, the chance. Miami. Packers at home. Bears on the road. Giants, Bills, Jets. Oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna be a below. They're gonna go eight and ten. They're gonna go eight and nine this year at best. Like their their schedule's not great. The way the NFL shaping up. I think any Detroit fan would be. Runs. I think they're any Detroit fan would be very happy with eight and nine, with the fact that they're one and four right now. Fuck happened, man. Who's the only winnable games? All right. Seahawks, Saints. Gino is too legit. Too legit to quit. I, I fucking love watching Geno Smith play, man. He just r- lets it rip. And I, I, it, sucks. Yeah. it sucks they lost the way they did. But you know what? The Seahawks are fun. They're a yeah. fun team to watch. And also, this just says so much about how bad Russell Wilson is. Because that team's put up 35 a game against any team. They don't give a fuck. And Russell's out there barely scoring 12 against the Colts defense. Oh my god! Oh, this is great. I love it. Like I think DK Metcalf legit is like the happiest dude. Him and Lockett are like loving this because Gino is like, oh, they ain't writing back. 
flicks a 50-yard bomb to lock it, drops it in the bucket. I'm like, yo, this is like West Virginia Geno. The fuck happened? Yeah, this is it's fun to watch. It's like I'm a big Geno fan. I've always liked him. I was always I was happy when they drafted him. Um, I'm happy that he's getting a chance right now and he's making the most of it. He's 16 for 25, 268 yards, three touchdowns. He played an amazing game despite losing by seven to the New Orleans. Um, prayers out to Rashad Penny. I think he had a uh, he had a leg injury. He's out for like four months. Um, but Tyler Lockett and and DK Metcalf each had five catches. Lockett at 104 yards and two touchdowns. Metcalf had 88 yards and a touchdown. That Seahawks team is real deal. They're not, I mean, they're two and three, but they're playing hard. They're putting up 30 plus points a game. They have a hot offense. They're doing a lot better. Than I think a lot of teams thought they were going to be. Um, Andy Dalton's mid. We all knew that. Fucking Taysom Hill, nine carries, 112 yards, and three touchdowns. And well, he also threw like a touchdown. Of the what the fuck games? Like, this is, you can't take this at 100%. Because Taysom Hill played the game of his fucking life, so I'll I'll i like everyone's got to relax on the Saints because like this was a great win, but at the same time like these me and Mac could probably score twenty one on the Seahawks defense if we were at yeah. Game. All you gotta do is run it. Yeah, even Camaro was like okay and still put up numbers. Is the game next that I think is next? Um, yes, Jets, Dolphins, looking like an episode of oh, South Park with man. the massacre of the fifth. Oh, my God. Rob Sala making Brack score that last play. That was personal, baby. It was amazing. Um, oh, my God. Being I'll, there. I'll, I'll let you roll with this. Let me just say this. Brees Hall looks like a legit number one running back. The Jets offense looks well-balanced and well-run. That defense, Sauce Gardner, is real. Boys, real. And um, also, uh, I would love to see him and Kool-Aid McKistry on the same fucking team. Oh, man. I just told Bianca, I feel like it's. I feel like you have to draft Kool-Aid McKistry. Also, because like, you Kool-Aid also and our boy Maserati's little comment, like, oh, it's more likely in the Giants. Like, shut the fuck up, y'all. Like, come on, man. Just, just, um, stop. just stop, man. Y'all got to win over the Packers. Don't act like y'all just won a third Super Bowl in the last 20 years. That was probably the best game to have had on my birthday. Turned 27 with a victory. Um, oh, yeah. Happy it, belated birthday to all, thank all you, you corn people. Wish him a happy birthday. I already did, obviously. Thank you. The big 27. But um, I was I couldn't believe it. All right, so first of all, let me paint you the picture. I get to the stadium. One, this is an empty parking lot. We don't park in a high commodity parking lot. They park next to us. And the lady gets out with a Statue of Liberty dress on, and I thought she was a New York fan. She turned out to be a Miami fan, and she had a sign that was like the, the shape of like a stone, and she was holding up, and it just said J-E-T-S, sucks, 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 as she walked into the stadium with it. So after we blew them out royally, we, my mom and I wrote a little note on a sticky note, and we said J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 or I put, we put J-E-T-S, win, 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 and we put it on their windshield. So shout out to whoever that is. If you even pay attention to this, I hope you had a terrible ride home. Um, but it was amazing, man. The Miami fans were like, oh, the Jets fans, they never you, – you can tell they don't know how to win. They don't know how to celebrate. They were the most annoying and obnoxious fan base I've played against this entire year so far. And the Bengals were pretty bad. 
they were terrible, man. They were down 20 to 12 in there or 20 to five or whatever the fuck the score was, 20 to seven. And they were just like going hard. Like, dude, you guys are down by two possessions. You want to calm down? And you know what? Zach Wilson didn't have an amazing game. He was 14 for 21, 210 yards. He had a clean game, no interceptions. Um, he had a rushing touchdown, but he didn't He didn't have to do well, too much. Everybody else stepped up. Brees Hall had almost 200 yards. He had two catches for 100 yards, and then he had 18 carries for 97. He had a, And he had a touchdown. So he had 197 all-purpose yards. Um. Shout out to Sauce Gardner. This man covered Tyreek Hill and he covered Jalen Waddle and he gave up a combined total of 70 yards between the two of them. And he That's wasn't covered. Darius, right? I think Sauce will be a top 10 cornerback by the end of the season. Him and Sertan, I think the two new additions to the list, like you know, you always have your, your, your perennials. You have Slay, you've got Jair, you've got Ramsey, but I think PS2 sauce, you know, even De- Derek Stingley looks nasty. Like, I think yeah. you've got a lot of good cornerbacks right now. Yeah, um, I think these are the next generations coming up. These dudes are these dudes are nasty. All right. Let's talk about the most fucking bullshit call of the oh. NFL Sunday. Buccaneers Dude, the Falcons can't get away from they, Dude, they either I get screwed. Hit that referee with a truck. They either get screwed by just fucking the comeback up, like they choke, or they get screwed with like something like this. Like I've seen that that sack. I don't know how many times I've seen that happen to anybody else. That is not roughing the pass. So angry. I could not believe that. I was very confused. For the fans of the Falcons, because that was bullshit. The Falcons were literally going to Brady, Brady. They were coming back. Mariota was leading a great comeback. They could not stop them. And Grady Jarrett made an amazing play. It was a perfectly legal sack. And the NFL should slap that ref around like a freaking bag of potatoes. Like, that was bullshit. I was fucking fuming. My dad, who's a Brady guy, was like, the hell are you getting mad at him? I'm like, that's not a fucking rough in the passer. That made yeah. me literally upset. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't give a fuck if he got divorced. Slam harder because of it now. Fuck, I think fuck um, I, I, I respected Brady for a long time. I feel him because divorce ain't fun. I have buddies who've been divorced, buddies who've had really rough relationship and like that. Dude, fuck you, Brady. Complete that's wrong with the passer. No, it's not go fuck yourself, Tom. Like, I, that, I hope the Bucks go like 0 10 the rest of the season. Like, this is bullshit. To me, that just screams like the NFL like rigged that game in the sense of they just think like, all right, the Falcons being number one in the division is not good for not good for revenue or whatever. So they are like, let's just make the Patriot or the Buccaneers win this game. That was the most BS call, and I want to see explanations from the ref. Like, I need quotes. I want that like ref the to be demoted to the fucking XFL. Like, get the fuck out of here. That was that was a terrible oh call. God. All right. Last one o'clock game, two last unless two Texas Commanders, um, Texans, Texans, and Jags. Okay, that was a game. Cool. Devin, Derek Stingley's good. Da- Damian Pierce is good too. That's all I got to say about the game. No, we're at yeah. we're at fifty-three minutes. We haven't even touched the top ten. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep it sweet and simple. Doug P. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know what you were doing, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how you didn't score more than thirteen points to beat the Texans. But credit to Lovey Smith and the Texans for getting their first official victory on the season. Commanders, you guys suck major baloney nips. 
You guys are fucking terrible. Um, Carson Wentz. Great game for me in fantasy, but I don't know how you throw 359 yards and you could throw two touchdowns and you can't beat the Titans. Tannehill had a t- fucking shitty game. 181 yards, completed 15 to 25. Henry, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Don't know what the commanders, uh, the commanders are looking to probably get a new quarterback next year again. Probably going to fire the coach. I would fire Ron Rivera right now. So right now, Matt, by the way, you were up four to two, five to two on me in this week. Okay. My Cowboys are my upset, I think. You did not. Oh, no, you did it. Oh, shit. You're up six to two on me. Your only miss was Tennessee over LSU. Yeah, LSU screwed me. LSU screwed. Yeah. So you're right now. So I have two. And Matt has five. Horrible week for your boy. Listen, my Eagles never fail me. So both of us, this is a splitter right now. I have the Eagles. I mean, I have the Raiders over the Chiefs, and Matt has the Chiefs over the Raiders. So this is going to be an interesting one for my football. That will decide. And this can, despite the record, to me, this is truly in any any man's game because Derek Carr always plays elite against the Raiders. So, I mean, the Chiefs, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. All righty. Finally, let's get to the 4 o'clock games because, God, those last couple were terrible. Eagles, Cardinals. 5-0 and feels good, and thank God for Milton Williams' pinky finger because that's what knocked that ball loose. You look at the – you look at the um, they caught it on replay. Milton Williams' pinky or pointer finger literally is the reason that ball went right. And you know what? I will take it, but, God, the Eagles need – listen, a sloppy win is still a win, but I love that Jalen Hurts was pissed about how bad they played. That's Jalen Hurts right. is him. 300 and plus all purpose yards, 239 passing, that 61 rushing. He's got two rushing touchdowns. He continues, well, not, I shouldn't say continues to put this team on his back, but he just continues to be the guy that we, they all he just were continues to, to adjust. Like, yeah. look, all right, so week, week two and three, man, like they were like, all right, we're going to pack the box. Words goes, fuck it. Okay. Just starts mm-hmm. playing the ball around the yard. All right, we're gonna you're you're gonna blitz us a lot and make us play shell cover blitz and shell coverage. All right, we're gonna run screen passes and run the ball and do QB keepers. I love Shane Steichen's play calling because him and Hertz are always adjusting. Now, I wish they stepped on the, the gas a little bit in the second half and scored more than two field goals. But you know what? Listen, they controlled clock. They were struggling against that Cardinals defense. So you know what? They just chewed clock, and they made, it was a smart football move. It was not pretty. Let's kick the piss out of Dallas next week. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eagles are continuing to play smart, uh, turnover-free football. And 20-17, to 17, it's not a high-scoring game, but you know what? A win's a win at the end of the day. You guys are 5-0. and oh. Congratulations. You guys deserve it. Jalen Hurts is him, and I, don't, I still don't get the uh, – the criticism of him. I thought in the beginning of the year he was going to be a fantastic quarterback, and that's what he's been doing. But kudos Jealousy. to that entire team. All right. Panthers 49ers. Matt Rule is no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. That's all we have to talk about with this. Yep. Yeah, man. I, that's as and pray I think for the injury games. report of the 49ers, man. They lost like seven guys yesterday. 
I think he's got like an eleven game career win like total yeah. with the Panthers and his years. He still has four years left on that deal that they're that they buyout. Go. That buyout's got to be ridiculous. I think it's forty million. It's nuts. I think it's forty million. I remember David I really Pepper's sitting there just handing out cash at this point. Uh, just you know what, Matt Rule, another failed college football head coach coming into the NFL. Um, I don't know who Cliff Kingsbury to me isn't even a good coach, but. I don't know who is going to be that next college guy to actually like have that big success, but it's not going to be Matt Rule. I remember I wanted him on my team. Thank God I didn't get him. Yeah, no. Um, next head coach of Wisconsin, maybe. Um, he ain't getting back into the NFL. Yeah. All right, last game, uh, Cowboys-Rams. Uh, Cowboys defense is legit. Um, yep. The Rams look shot. I, I, say, I think the Rams – are the first Super Bowl winner to have Super Bowl hangover. Like they just look shot. They look they look like they can't get shit together. And they may not make the playoffs. Cause the NFC is so yeah. fucking loaded. Let's all right, yeah. let's let's do it quick before we get into the top tens, the KB top ten here to finish off the show. Um and our Monday preview obviously. Um all right, so we have the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants all possibly make the playoffs. You have the Niners out of the West North, you have the Vikings and possibly the Packers. And then out of the South, you have either the Falcons, Saints, or um, or Bucks. Okay. Yeah. Name me a team that the Rams are going to beat besides maybe the Falcons and the Saints. And maybe the Packers if they catch them outside of Lambeau. I, yeah, I can't. I, I don't I can't see either. Them, uh, that looks scary. Like the thing is, like the NFC East looks like the best division of football game, which is fucking terrifying. The <laughs> Niners already have the number. The Eagles would destroy them. The pack. The the um the Cowboys already beat them without Dak Prescott. So I I the Rams are not a scary like, team. I, I feel like Sean McVay is like sitting there. We're just like, all right, you know, I'm gonna retire. Fuck it. They're not. They're not a scary team. The offensive line is terrible. Matt Stafford continues to get sacked five times a game. They don't use Allen Robinson. They're not using their guys. It's just like everybody knows they're going to throw to Cooper Cup. So all, all they right. got to do is just double them. So update: the Raiders are up seven nothing. Derek Carr passed Devontae Smith for fifty eight. Devontae Adams fifty eight yards for a touchdown. Carlson extra point is good. Packers are up. I mean, uh, Raiders. Jesus Smith. I mean, Adams. Seven nothing over the Chiefs right now. Um, Chiefs with three and out in the first drive. That's your update. Uh, my football preview. I have the Raiders. Matt has the Chiefs. I think this game's gonna be fucking lit. And so is Matt. I can't wait to watch this game after we get off. Um, all right. Are you ready for top tens to finish the show off, my friend? I'm ready. All righty. So the theme today was top ten TV shows. Next week is top ten movies. Top ten movies gonna be epic. All righty. I'll go first. Honorable mention, How I Met Your Mother and Sons of Anarchy. How I Met Your Mother is the one of the few sitcoms I have watched like over eight times over. I can watch an episode of it anytime it's on TV if I'm bored, and it always makes me laugh. I quote it way too much. Sons of Anarchy was one of the best dramas I've ever watched. It was so good, but the last two seasons were so dark, I could not finish. I had to go back on YouTube clips to see how everyone died or left the show. <laughs> Ten is The Witcher. Call me a nerd all you want. I played the video games, and Henry Cavill is the G. And the girl who plays Yennefer is a lover. Um, it's very well done with the action, with the story design, with everything about the show. 
it fits that Lord of the Rings game or Game of Thrones archetype where it like hits the mark with fantasy. Number nine is the boys. Fucking love the boys. It is a great superhero mockery show. Carl Urban steals the fucking show. And the fact that next season is his last season makes me so sad. Um, number eight is Letter Kenny. I quote this show way too much. Me and McCarthy are literally going to do a Letter Kenny episode of No Credentials Acquired because I have watched the show repeatedly. Sorzy sucks. I hated it. Basically, I don't watch hockey enough, but I did not like that show. Letter Kenny is so funny. The characters are great, and I can rewatch the show anytime. Number seven, I don't care how bad the last season was. Game of Thrones. I am actually going to start rewatching that next week. Now, once a, game, a House of Dragon is over, and I'm looking forward to it. It's just a great show from start to finish. Yes, the last three or four episodes pissed me the fuck off, but you know, it. What are you going to do? You can't. You can't win them all, man. Uh, number six is my only tie of the top ten: Brooklyn Nine Nine and Ted Lasso. I love them both dearly. Ted Lasso is the funniest sports show I've ever watched, besides what's number three and four on my list. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is amazing. Um, I actually need to I actually borrow some a uh, friend of mine's Apple TV passcode just to watch reruns of Ted Lasso because it's that good of a show. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think Andy Andy um, um, Andy. What is his What is his last name? Uh, Plays Jake Peralta. He was in Lonely Island. What's his last name? Shit. Andy something. Whatever. The main character's great. Um, Terry Crews is funny as hell. I love the whole cast in that show. The plot, it's lighthearted. It's funny. There's a little bit of drama enough just to kind of make it all right. But it's just a funny-ass show. It's super quotable. Number five is my only like crime drama or crime comedy. It's Hawaii Five-0. I started watching the show as a freshman in high school. It ended the third year out of co- ended ten years later in twenty in in uh yeah two thousand twenty it ended and honestly I haven't seen the last season yet uh, uh when it comes on Netflix next month I will be very excited hopefully to finally finish it number four is the only sports show higher than Ted Lasso that's the league I quote mm-hmm. show so much I refuse I it's a tradition every year. Around end of September or October, it's a tradition to watch this show to make me understand the culture of fantasy football. The show is genius. If it wasn't for the guy who plays Kevin for being a dickhead about lying about being on 9-11 or some shit, whatever the <laughs> fuck that show I canceled for, like I hate it. Uh, but I love that show so much. Number three, my favorite sitcom of all time, Parks and Rec. Chris Pratt, Nick Offerman, Adam Scott, Aziz Ansari, you can't beat it. Some of my favorite characters, Ron Swanson, the goat. Um, number two, The Mandalorian. I love Star Wars. I love Mandalorian culture. Gee, put two and two together. You have my favorite non-TV show. That's not my second favorite TV show of all time. Um, I try. I didn't want to reveal what my, my favorite one was, but I love The Mandalorian so much. It is just so good from seasons one and two. We're great. Uh two and a half. I, I consider Book of Boba Fett, Mando, two and a half basically. Um, and number one is Entourage. The only show I've ever seen 11 times over. I quote it all the time. It is my favorite show. The pop culture, the sneakers, the cars, the girls. 
the music, all that. I love it. Um, I still have a Blu-ray copy of the Entourage movie in my room, and I'm not embarrassed mm-hmm. by it. That was a great Matthew, movie. Matthew, send us off. What do you got for me? All right. Honorable mentions. I'm going to warn you right now. This list is just going to get weird. It's not going to make any sense. There's going to be no algorithm like to American it. American Horror Story and shit, so I know we're going to be different on this. Yeah, true. So honorable mentions, uh, all that, Rocket Power, Family Guy. I grew up on all that and Rocket Power. I've seen every episode of all of them. I can recite them if I had to. Family Guy, obviously, it's just the greatest like 11 p.m. show you want to throw on when you're half asleep. Number 10, everybody's childhood show that we grew up on. Doesn't matter that the show ended when we were probably five or six years old. The fact that it was 2003, you'd wake up at 6 a.m. before you were going to go to school. Full House was always on the TV. That was like a second family to me. It felt like I was like, I felt like he was my dad. So Full House is 10. 11, a 90s classic Seinfeld. I fucking love Seinfeld. It's my humor. It's just, it works to me. I think it's hilarious. I've seen every episode and I know every fucking inside joke from that show. Number 12. Now it's going to start to get weird. Ned's the classified school survival guide. Wait, 12? What the fuck? Oh, shit. Never mind. Eight. Nah, wait. And uh, yes, eight. Sorry. I was making the list in my notes and I was starting from 10 down, but it wouldn't let me go from 10 to one. It made me go 10 to 19. Uh, so now I'm trying to remember which one's which. So number eight, Ned's the classified, the greatest middle school TV show. Ironically, it came out when they were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and that was when we were in school. So it just was very relatable, and it was just an amazing show, and I wish it lasted more than, like, three years. Number 13 is American Horror – ah, fuck, 13. Number seven is American Horror Story, specifically the Asylum series, because that was the most terrifying show that they have made so far was Asylum. Next to Freak Show, that was my favorite one they ever made. Uh, number six, the entire Haunting series, The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting a Blind Manor on Netflix. If you haven't seen any of them and that's some stuff that you're into, highly recommend it. Fantastic, fantastic show, fantastic choreography and directoring of uh, from the guy that did it. Um, scary, suspenseful, thriller all in one. Um, number five, Midnight Mass, another another scary cultish kind of tv show on netflix it's uh it's about a catholic church um just with the devil mixed in with with the the good that is thought to be good but is evil um not to give a lot away but definitely go watch that show if you're into things like american horror story or anything scary uh number four the show with probably the greatest backup quarterback in a tv show college history alex moran and Thad I knew I forgot one of my honorable mentions. Blue Mountain State. Where did the goat house? Blue Mountain State was probably is probably the greatest low budget TV show that was ever made. I don't know how it doesn't get more, how it doesn't get more momentum even like now. Like the fact that, well, I don't know if you remember last NFL draft they had the coach of Blue Mountain State yes, make a pick. Ed Moreno, and, and he just kept this. ranting. Yeah, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, why do I know this guy? And I was like, holy fuck, he's the coach of the Blue Mountain State Goats. Amazing show. The movie was fucking hilarious, too. Um, number three, American Dad. It's just it's just one of those guilty pleasure TV shows. It's hilarious. Every season, every episode is, is really good. It's funny. 
I never get tired of it. It's my favorite like 3 a.m. TV show to wake up to. Number two, The Office. The Office for me is probably what Park and Rex is for you. I, I, I just, it wasn't my cup of tea. I couldn't get into it, but I love The Office because to me, it reminds me of a 2000 Seinfeld. It's raunchy. It's dry. It's got some little innuendos, a little more raunchier than Seinfeld. I mean, they didn't get crazy, but they just had some questionable things on there. But The Office, like Michael Scott outs Oscar for being gay. He hits freaking Meredith with his car. He has an AIDS marathon to raise awareness for um or for um rabies or something like that rabies. you just yeah. can't you're not going to top a show like that now and wow. number one my favorite show of all time which probably will be like a what spongebob i i just i i love spongebob respect to it, my boy trevor's like that too i just it's just it's childhood. It's a show that we grew up on. It's just something that never gets old. I only want to watch like 1999 to 2010 SpongeBob. The early yeah, years no. were the best. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah, that was my top 10 though. Love it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you stopping by the Corporate Podcast. Shout out to our sponsor, Candidates and Yeats. Uh, we'll be back Thursday for another uh, live edition of the Cornbooth pregame. I believe this is number 19, so maybe we'll do something funny. Like, we'll do J.J. Ortega-Whiteside episode or something just to be fucking comical. <laughs> but um, we're going to go watch this Monday Night Football game. Uh, give us a shout on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. You got any questions you guys want to cover on our Thursday show? We appreciate you all listening and stopping by. Um, and have a great week. Seriously. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.